Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Obscurity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. I'm, I'm loving the fact that, you know, even though we talk in football, whenever the Dodgers are involved and in the playoffs and they're losing, it, it makes me much more happier. So <laughs> hopefully they'll, they'll lose today. And they'll be out of the playoffs and join the Giants, who are also out of the playoffs. And then, of course, just in, what, three, four days, we have Monday night doubleheader. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, um, pretty nice to see the Dodgers uh, suffering uh, as a Giants fan. It, it, it helps a lot. And, yeah, uh, the, the doubleheader on Monday is, is, is a fun diversion, but I'm waiting for some normalcy with our NFL schedules just for what we all do. You know, it's 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 it's, you know, not knowing if players are going to play on Monday or if they're going to get bumped to Tuesday or to another week. Ugh. Evan, how are you doing? Weird. I just got a bunch of people in my big money league complaining that people are using their covid spot IR spots for non covid injuries which is weird because I'm not the commissioner. And so I go and I check I go and I check my big money league and I guess right before the season started the commissioner quietly made me the commissioner. That so is I'm, awesome. Okay. <laughs> and I dropped and first thing I did was repeal the rule cuz it's impossible to enforce. What am I going to do if somebody doesn't respond? Drop a player on their team? Like that's not that's going to be ridiculous. And uh I'm like, shoot, you know, I wish I could repeal this last week when I dropped Brandon Cooks because I couldn't put something on IR, I thought. So weird. Just weird. That is weird. Uh, yeah, that's, um, I, uh, yeah, commissioner, a lot of commissioner stuff going on this week in, in my home league, too, with uh, uh, COVID IR spots and, and people not using COVID, using COVID IR spots for non-COVID things and then trying to claim ignorance. And I was like, look at my team. I have Corey Davis. It literally says COVID-19. If it doesn't say COVID-19, you can't use him for the IR. I feel like I've, I've stepped in a couple times for the commission because he's a he's a doctor. And I've tried to, uh, you know, just be like, just stop. Just stop. All right. So what we'll do now is there's no Thursday night football to talk about. So let's get the housekeeping done. There's one big bit of news. And then we'll talk about week six, uh, the whole kit and caboodle. So uh, off the top, this podcast is sponsored by FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash football absurdity. Um, gets you a uh, 20% match up to $500 and it helps us out a lot. Also sponsored by four for four promo code beer sheets gets you 25% off and uh, helps us out as well. If you want the second half to this episode, it comes out every Tuesday this week. It was Wednesday because of the moved around schedule, but it's at patreoncom slash football absurdity. And if you want to join the discussion, it's tiny.cc slash FB absurdity. Great group of people over there. And um, there is a, what we call an instant advice channel just for our patrons where we'll respond pretty much right away to any questions you might have. Um, if you're wondering if you're on iTunes or something where the podcast has been lately, we've been having some issues still hasn't sorted out with Spotify. I'm not sure what's happening, but I'm still working on it. We looks like we got iTunes sorted out. We got a new logo. I guess that was the problem because our old logo was too big for new standards or something. I don't know, but that's what's going on. If you did listen on Spotify, I don't know how you're hearing this, but for now, listen on iTunes, I guess. <laughs> or if you want to message uh, me at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O on Twitter, my DMs are open and I can send you the RSS feed that you can drop right into your podcast app of choice. So guys, we talked about it. The one bit of news, we talked about Le'Veon Bell getting released this week from the Jets, but uh, last night, Le'Veon Bell did join the Kansas City 
Chiefs. Uh, my take on this is it does kind of lower the ceiling of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm not super worried about Clyde Edwards-Alaire being usable week to week. I think it'll stay in that same situation. I think the people that took him top five or top seven or top eight have good reason to be upset with this. But he's only been running back 13 on the year in full PPR. So it's not like he was blowing things up to begin with. Um, I have my take on the situation. But, uh, Mike, what do you think this does for CEH and Lev Bell? Well, CEH uh, is definitely going to take a hit. I, I think um, most of the team for Kansas City, as far as fantasy production, is going to take a hit uh, because now you have two backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield and are similar type backs. So obviously CEH isn't going to be the bell cow anymore. Um, and there's a possibility Love Bell might even play so well that it buries CEH and it can becomes a 60 40 you know 65 35 split and there goes ceh value altogether um and then with both backs you know there's less passing going to go around to Ty- tyree kill and sammy Watkins, and of course Nicole hardman so this does benefit patrick mahomes quite a bit so that's sort of my take on all of it okay uh evan what do you think I have literally no idea unless Andy Reid comes out and tells me. I don't know what that what goes on in that guy's head, and, and, and not in a disparaging way, but you know what I mean. He's so advanced in terms of what he's thinking. I can't begin to think how he's going to use it. I do know that there are a few people out there. We've been looking at there are a few people out there who are over the moon about Bell right now, where they're like, "Yes, yeah, one of the best backs in the last five, ten years on the best offense." Uh, uh, I, I've been telling people in the Discord to start floating out some trades uh, if you have Bell, asking for the moon, just in case you catch one of those whales who's just over the top. There have been some, most people have been getting rejected, but there have been some insane trades for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, Waleed. I have Lev Bell in the Football Absurdity Writers League, and he asked me what the going price was for Lev Bell yesterday, and then. Uh, before he signed with the Chiefs, and then I responded, well, the price just tripled. <laughs> and he yeah. said, well, yeah, that's pretty much what I figured. Because um, uh, that's, um, yeah, that's kind of what you want to do right now. And uh, if you have Lev Bell, sell him if you can, because in these situations, people think, you know, all it takes is one person. We always talk about in the draft where somebody goes, well, where's this person going to go? And you say, well, it takes one person to take them higher than I think. And it just takes one person in your league that thinks that Lev Bell is going to kick the doors down in Kansas city. And if you move Lev Bell to them, then you win. You don't have to worry about this situation. For me, I just kind of see it seeing a lot like the Chubb and, and hunt situation from last year where one guy is going to come in most of the way through the year, partway through the year, and it'll lower the ceiling for CEH, like I said, but I still think he's going to be a top-end RB2. He's not a guy you're getting out of your lineup. I think Bell's going to be more of a back-end RB2, but I think that that can vary week-to-week with him with touchdowns. CEH has had a touchdown problem early in his career. He's had a short yardage problem is what it is, and a lot of that has to do with the Chiefs' offensive line doesn't have a lot to do with CEH, in my opinion. It has some. But, you know, that line just hasn't been getting the push to get him a one-yard gain. If a running back fails on a one-yard gain once or twice, 
okay, you can put that on him. They fail. I think he had five goal line carries in week one, and he didn't convert any of them. And at that point, you got to start looking elsewhere, too. I think that that becomes a systemic problem, because if you give any running back in the NFL five shots at the end zone from the one, they should score a touchdown unless the offensive line's blocking is a problem. And they lost Coleccio Semele, the left ta- their left tackle for this year, because he's been playing well this season and he's gone. And, you know, the left tackle isn't huge for the run game, but. You lose a starting offensive lineman, it's going to have cascading problems because the left guard's going to have to count for the left tackle's guy a little bit more, and it's going to kind of drag the offensive line's focus to the left a little bit instead of them doing what they're supposed to do. So, I, I, people who took CEH in the first round should be upset. The people who took CEH in the first round should already be upset, to be honest with you. I mean, he hasn't lived up to, to expectations at this point, but, you know, I... I honestly am not it, – it, it doesn't move the needle much for CEH for me because nobody's going to trade for him right now in a redraft league, and you're not going to bench him. So keep trotting him out there for now. See what happens. He's got one last game before Lev Bell reports because of COVID stuff. He can't report to the Chiefs until, I believe, Wednesday. So he's got one last week – one last ride, I guess. All right. I, I guess I put that one to bed. I, I screamed. What? I just wanted to do a drive-by and say Adam Gase blows. There you go. We lost you for a second, but I think you said you wanted to do a drive-by. Yeah. Adam Gase blows. Yes, that part I got. Okay. And then also for Lev Bell on the Jets, there's this perception, and um, I saw it today, that Lev Bell has been – facing all these stacked boxes in New York and he's been breaking tackles left and right when he does actually play and does actually get the ball. Neither of those things are really the case. Um, his broken tackle rate last year was this pretty much the same as Sony Michelle and another player whose name is escaping me. Uh, I want to say Jordan Howard, um, a broken tackle about every 15 and a half carries or for Lev Bell, that's one a game. And he faced seven or more men in the box 40% of the time last year, which sounds like a lot, but it was pretty much middle of the pack for qualifying running backs. So he didn't face a lot in terms of stacked boxes and he wasn't overcoming stuff downfield too much. His juke rate, a uh, number of, you know, evaded tackles divided by the number of carries was about 21%. Interesting stuff there. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where, yeah, he probably sucks. And, um, and uh, you know, uh, he being Adam Gase, but it didn't if completely adversely affect uh, Lev Bell as much as we thought in terms of the blocking and uh, Lev Bell overcoming it when he was on his own downfield, you know, because he still wasn't breaking tackles or anything. So, All right. I think that's enough Lev Bell. Do you guys want have anything else you want to say? I mentioned uh, Adam Gase. What about – say that again? What? Did, did I mention Adam Gase? Yes, you mentioned Adam Gase. Okay, I'm done then. All right, then let's go ahead. Let's move on to week six then. So week six, there are four buys this week. It is the Raiders, Saints, Chargers, and Seahawks. Um, 
and we'll just go ahead and we'll get started with the first game on the docket, which is Houston and Tennessee. Houston is one and four. Tennessee is four and oh. This is at fifty three and a half point over under. Tennessee three point favorites. Um, real quick before we get in the questions, I realized the last couple episodes I haven't been introducing the way that we do things here on this podcast. Instead of telling you, hey, we think this person is a start, hey, we think this person is a sit, stuff like that. We're trying to teach you how to fish. We're telling you what we are looking for in this game. To that might be actionable going forward. So that's kind of the way that we do it. Mike and Evan ask questions and then we get the questions answered in uh, the preview, or I'm sorry, the review next Tuesday, which will be on the Patreon feed. So like I said, 53 and a half point over under Tennessee, three point favorites injuries in this one, Johnu Smith, AJ Brown mispracticed with a quad and knee injury, respectively. Those look to be regular rest days. Backup running back Darrington Evans for the Titans did go on IR. And uh, I think it was Jeremy is his first name. McNichols was the one backing up Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry goes down, it's all over. So don't don't rush out to get handcuffs with uh, the third string running back. Uh, Adam Humphrey's good news. He's off COVID IR. Corey Davis is still on COVID IR. For the Texans, Jordan Akins is a game-time decision with a concussion, and they did put linebacker Bernardrick McKinney on season-ending IR. He got shoulder surgery. So for you in IDP leagues who had Bernardrick McKinney raising my hand, that sucks a lot because he was doing pretty well this year. So Evan, you want to know about how does Tanny look in terms of being a potential rest-of-season start, Tanny being Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, particularly with Dak Prescott going down, we're getting a lot of questions about week-to-week starters and even rest-of-season starters. So most of my film uh, watching this week will be to look at the, the quarterbacks that I haven't really looked at that are, that are solid streaming options, uh, see if how their mechanics are, are they patient against bad defense, are they, do they break down against good defense, just how do they go through the reads, just, just learn all about them because, uh, well, for instance, uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins seems like a good start this week. He's going against Atlanta, who has the worst, the, the, the defense that allows the most points to quarterbacks. He's got receivers. He's got an offense. But then I watch tape of him. I do not want to start him over other streaming options. He's, he's not good. He's not good against bad defenses. So that really changed my opinion. So I want to look at Tannehill here because I'm hearing a lot of buzz that he's a good rest of season start. So I want to know if, he's, uh, if he looks good or if he's just getting blown coverages or what's going on so I can uh, advise people on how to proceed. All right. Yeah. Seeing about Ryan Tannehill, who's performed well uh, so far this season when he's got, you know, when the Titans are actually playing, they were off for 16 days, which is unheard of, you know, in the middle of our season. But um, he's gotten he had no no uh, no touchdowns against Minnesota, but, you know, nine in the other three games. So it'll be an interesting thing to see uh, this week as they take on the Texans. So, Mike, you want to know if uh, the Houston passing game is going to focus on Brandon Cooks now or if it'll continue to be a roulette wheel. Yeah, so as we know, as we've seen over the first four weeks of the season, it's been either Will Fuller or Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills. uh, And basically, the roulette wheel, you drop the ball and whatever number comes up is going to be the one that's the winner. And there has not been any consistency whatsoever in this Houston passing game. Last week, was it the roulette wheel for Cooks that came up? Or because of a new coach with Romeo Cornell, is Cornell going to start focusing on Cooks and getting him involved 
so that's what I'm interested in to seeing with the new offensive system. Is it going to be okay? You know what? Forget about trying to get everybody else involved. We're just going to focus on Cooks, or is it just his number that came up last week? You know what, Mike? I think it's going to be a week-to-week proposition for these guys because if you have – so you have like Brandon Cooks, you have Will Fuller, you have Kenny Stills who's sort of a baby version of them. They do a lot of overlapping things, the three of them, to varying levels of success. And I think with Deshaun Watson, I think it's going to be the roulette wheel. Um, I think it's going to be whichever guy is open is going to be the guy who gets the ball. You know, so the, they're not going to force it. It's not going to be a, you know, 17 target situation. It's just going to be, hey, whoever's open gets the ball. So I'm curious to see how that goes, too, especially because I have a vested interest in saying Cooks over Will Fuller. But I'm interested in seeing how that goes as well, Mike. So next game up, Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Cincinnati won three and one. Mike, your Colts are three and two. This is a 10 a.m. game again. We have nine 10 a.m. games this week, uh, which is pretty crazy. And that'll probably change because of COVID. But 46 and a half point over under Colts, seven and a half point favorites. Colts gave us all a little scare this morning. Uh, They had four positive coronavirus tests that all turned out to be false positives, which is good. So they had some trouble. And then Jim Mersey announced on twitter which is probably the funniest way to do it say it everybody's fine everybody's good everything's awesome injuries on both sides aj green's hammy he said he wants to quote push through it and i mean he couldn't even push it through to the end of the play so i don't know what uh what he thinks he's going to do this week i think he's going to be further and further marginalized and uh we have the trade deadline in less than three weeks so we'll see where he goes uh for the colts uh big mac mo alley cox uh still sidelined with a knee issue um i didn't see anything about a practice report today um i from them mike did you see anything from the colts today about mo alley no yeah so uh he didn't he didn't do much last week, and we'll see how it goes from there. Um, I wouldn't be rostering him or starting him, given the target volume. With apparently Trey Burton is the tight end there now. He had uh, twice as many targets last week as as Jack Doyle and Big Mac combined. So, heck, uh, I don't know what to do. But, Mike, you think that this might be uh, Jonathan Taylor's breakout game? Yeah, so just speaking a little bit before I get into that about Trey Burton. So, Trey Burton came back two weeks ago. And they automatically pretty much focused in on him. And then last week they did the same same thing. Mo Alley Cox, I don't even know if he even got a target, maybe one or two. He got uh, one. One. Doyle also, I think, had a goose egg as well. Uh, so I, I can't say that they're going to ignore Jack Doyle. I could see Mo Alley Cox definitely taking a backseat to this whole thing, even though he, he was explosive without Jack Doyle. And he had a pretty good game with Jack Doyle. But... They right now two weeks in a row they focus on on Burton and Reich has you know with the Eagles has chemistry with Burton so that is something to sort of look at if you're in tight end kind of a crunch. Uh, Jonathan Taylor now uh, yeah you know he he hasn't had a breakout game um, he's been pretty good but it's just more been. Yeah, you know, RB15, RB16, nothing really exciting. Uh, I'm kind of concerned with him and, and his vision. Uh, he's There's a lot of plays I've seen. I'm not overly concerned. I'm not like Trent Richardson and going, oh, my God, this guy is, you know, done. He can't see a single thing. But there have been some holes that he just has not 
seen. And he missed a big one last week that could have, you know, get, got the Colts an extra 20, 30 yards, uh, but he didn't see it to the right. So I am sort of king on that and to see how much of a problem that is. But you got the Bengals and the Colts. Uh, the Bengals give up the 18th most points to running backs, uh, but they have not allowed a rushing TD since week three. Um, that uh, Since week two, the three they gave up to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So they're pretty stingy uh, when it comes to giving out touchdowns. I, I don't I don't think this is going to be the week for Jonathan Taylor. Another week down, um, even though the, the Bengals look like a tasty matchup. Um, okay. I, I, I wasn't ready for that angle on it. I think he's just been, I mean, he's just been decent enough. Um. The last few games, I think he's gotten a little bit better, but you're right. There is still, I think the game might just be a little too fast for him right now. Um, we'll see how that goes. But even with the game not doing, you know, not really working out for him like he hoped and he thought he would, he's still on track. Uh, if you take just his start, so not the week one game where um, Marlon Mack got hurt partway through, he's still on track for 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. So worse things could happen than, you know, what Jonathan Taylor's gotten you in the fourth round this year. But in terms of the James Robinson hype or excitement, we haven't seen that from Jonathan Taylor yet. You're right. We haven't seen that from him. He's just been pretty good. He's been solid. He's been, he's been, you, you haven't been upset with him in your lineup. You've just been wanting a little bit more out of him, you know? So Evan, you want to know about uh, AJ Green's injury paving the way for uh, T, a T emergence, as you put it, for T Higgins. Yeah, uh. Well, I guess it was 2018 when the buzz first started to happen. For a while now, the uh, scuttlebutt has been that this draft class, uh, the wide receiver draft class here, is uh, potentially one of the greatest of all time. I saw an article in the NFL today that speculated it might be the greatest uh, wide receiver draft class of all time. So I'm I'm ready for it to start. It, it started happening with Jefferson breaking out and breaking uh, and Ruggs has looked okay in the two targets he gets per game. So I, I, let's let's keep it going. I want to see uh, T T Higgins start busting out now that AJ Green is out of the way. So that's what I'll be watching excitedly. Okay, so that's that's a good one to keep track of. And for T Higgins, um, if you take out Week One, T Higgins actually has more air yards than Tyreek Hill. Um, which is a big measure of ways that you know somebody can can break out. He's got 435. Tyreek Hill's got 403. Uh, if you go full for the full season, he's actually sitting pretty, kind of pretty in terms of air yards. Guys that he's ahead of: Will Fuller, C.D. Lamb, Mike Williams, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd, even DeAndre Hopkins. So there's a lot of air yards up for up for grabs for T. Higgins being sort of the deep threat guy. When he came out, if you don't kind of know the profile on T. Higgins, I called him sort of a Kenny Galladay type, the throw it up and go get it, big receiver type. I was just going to run downfield and go get it. So um, I think that between Boyd and T. Higgins, I think Joe Burrow is set up for success going in the future in the passing game. Plus superstar tight end Drew Sample. I mean, we love Drew Sample here on this podcast, right, boys? <laughs> Uh, fans of uh, fantasy football team names are pulling for him. I know that. Yeah, poo sample. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you took a sample, um, hopefully you spit it out. T- 
test result, it was poo. All right, that's that's a something awful reference for you folks. All right, next one up is going to be Atlanta and Minnesota. They are combined one and nine. So this is definitely the game of the week. Uh, Minnesota has the only win. They're 54 and a half over under. Minnesota three and a half point favorites. And sorry, I stumbled over my words there a little bit. And in this one for injuries, Julio Jones has no injury designation. So he is full to go on Sunday for the Vikings. Not as lucky. Dalvin Cook is out with a groin injury. And when I wrote the sleeper running backs piece this week yesterday on Thursday, he was only owned in 62% of leagues. It's not likely that he's out there, but just check because that's a very low number of leagues. Um, I think a lot of leagues have had people give up on the season because chase Claypool had four touchdowns last week and he's only 44% owned. So I got a free, a free, a free spot in the sleeper article for the week. Cause it's sub 50% ownership. So keep an eye out for Alexander Madison this week. He's a smash start in a, in a game that should be two somewhat futile defenses. And I don't know who to start with. Cause both you guys want to ask about Matt Ryan. So let's see. About, oh, no, no, no. Ali Matt is my nickname I'm trying to make happen for Alexander Madison. Get it? It's like Alley Cat, but it's Ali Matt. Nailed Vito. it. Vito, Mike. This is totally working. Wait, out. hold on. Mike, Vito. <clears throat> that Ali worked Ma- out really well. Uh, Ali Matt is off the board. Sorry, Evan. It's no, it's no Big Mac. Okay. Perfect. All right, so let's hear about Alexander Alexander Matt Ison. There we go. That's a better nickname than Ali Matt. (laughs) Go for it, Evan. You've you've, you've crushed my spirit. I know. (laughs) know. uh, I'm hoping, and I know it won't happen because Dalvin Cook is a beast who is amazing at what he does, but I'm, I have a little hope that Allie Matt will have such a great statement game against the non-existent Atlanta defense that we, we can get another Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb situation here. Again, ah, uh, Dalvin Cook is better than Nick, even Nick Chubb, so probably won't happen, but I'm hoping that he just, uh, uh, Alexander Madison, uh, known in the hearts of all of our listeners from now on as Allie Matt, uh, puts a statement out there, and starts getting maybe five more carries a game moving forward. That's good for fantasy. More running backs. So I'm watching Madison. You want to see how how Xander does? I would take Xander ahead of Ali Matt. What's, I'm just, how do you get Xander? Alexander? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Xander is Alexander. It's, it's like the Topher of Alexander. It could be Xander Matt, like Laundromat. <laughs> I can it's do this all gonna, day. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Mike, you want to talk about uh, Matt Ryan versus Kirk Cousins in this one? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't think we would be discussing a competition between Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins, but we are. And uh, the Falcons give up the most points to quarterbacks if they have allowed three. Um, of the five teams to throw for four touchdowns against them. Uh, They gave up two to Teddy Bridgewater and routinely allow for top 12 quarterbacks. Uh, On the flip side, Vikings haven't done much better, allowing three or more in two contests, and uh, they're going to have to contend with that explosive pass game, especially with Julio Julio Jones. Um, 
I don't. I really don't know who's gonna who's gonna come out on top now. I, I think Matt with Julio Jones being cleared to play, this tends to lead for Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. But this could actually be a Kirk Cousins um, outpointing outpointing Matt Ryan kind of game. Uh, with the news of, of Julio Jones, I'm gonna go with Matt Ryan though. All right. So um, I'm gonna put up a poll. Who are you starting this week? I'm gonna put up a poll right now. I'm gonna say Matt Ryan. Ryan. Which one's at home? It is Matt Ryan is on the road. Okay, Matt Ryan at Minnesota. Kirk Cousins versus Atlanta. All right, we'll hopefully remember to loop back on that uh, after the, uh, you know, when the podcast is over. Because that's an interesting question because you got Matt Ryan on the downslope. You got Kirk Cousins in the good matchup, but Matt Ryan's getting Julio Jones back. So uh, that'll be an interesting thing to see because um, – if Matt Ryan can't do it with Julio Jones, we've got some problems. We've got some serious trouble. So uh, good good choice of things to look for in this one. Mike, so let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. A game that might not happen because New England had more positive tests today for coronavirus. Okay. Love it. I love fantasy football, don't you guys? It's fun. It's relaxing, <laughs> especially in 2020. I actually saw the best take on it, which is if you're playing fantasy football for the first time this year, um, you could just be like, all right, well, every other year is going to be a cakewalk because games aren't getting rescheduled. You know, everybody who's supposed to play plays. There's no, you know, every it feels like every morning I wake up, I check my phone and it's uh, coronavirus news from Sleeper. Some, some other player has gotten coronavirus or been put on coronavirus IR. Um, so this one, keep an eye on your your Broncos and your Patriots. It's probably going to get delayed until, what, Tuesday again? Um, both of these teams burned the bye last week. They rescheduled the entire league to make this work, and, and the Patriots still have COVID coming out in drips and drabs. Um, other than that, Co- Stefan Gilmore is actually off of COVID IR and Cam, I, he said he was supposed to practice on Thursday. Their practice got canceled today. I didn't see any follow-up. So they might have Cam and Stefan Gilmore back on Sunday. For the Broncos, uh, we talked about Melvin Gordon's DUI on the bonus. Uh, but for, in terms of injury things, KJ Hamler is out again. Locke, Gordon, and Fant are all questionable. But when they asked Vic Fangio about Drew Locke, he said, well, you guys took away probable. So I had to put him as questionable. So it sounds like Drew Locke's going to play. Gordon is apparently on the doubtful side of questionable. He has an illness that is apparently not coronavirus, to which case I say that is a hell of a hangover because he got sent home from practice today from being sick and is on the doubtful side of questionable. So fire up your Philip Lindsay's in that case. And Noah Fant is a true questionable. Uh, if Noah Fant, if this game gets pushed till Monday or Tuesday, I'm not trusting Noah Fant, but it, as of right now, it's a 10 a.m. game. So see what happens on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific. The I will say it again. We say it all the time. The injury reports come out 90 minutes before kickoff for a guy like Fant. Don't ask till 90 minutes before kickoff. You don't have to make a decision ahead of time. So let's see. Evan, you went first last time. So, Mike, is this going to be a Jerry Judy week or a Julian Edelman week? So here, here we are again. Um, you know the the veteran uh, is a rookie, uh, and the Patriots are the twenty fourth, twenty fourth worst against wide receivers. Uh, Drew Locke probably returns. I don't know if he's gotten the go ahead on that. Uh, uh, Patriots have given up seven touchdowns in the last three games to wide receivers, uh, but. On the flip side, Broncos 
are the 23rd worst to wide receivers and have given up five touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good battle between slot receivers. Uh, but, I, you know, Julian Edelman, Edelman is dropping a lot of passes. He's, you know, definitely on the older older side of things. I'm, I'm leaning towards Jerry Judy in this contest. So if I have one or the other and I'm looking sort of at, you know, a flex option, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. All right. So, yeah, Julian Edelman was a guy I was kind of fading this year because of age and because of I felt a lot of his value was tied up into him having a mind meld with Tom Brady. And I didn't think that would carry over to Cam Newton. And three out of the four games, I mean, two out of the four games, I've been smash correct. One game I was smash wrong. Eight for 179 against the Seahawks. And week one, uh, five for 57. So who knows? But with the game plan the last couple of weeks kind of shifting around because of Cam Newton and is it Jared Stidham? Is it, you know, what's going on here? He's kind of taken a little bit of a step back, but uh, we'll see how that goes this week. I do, Mike, agree with you that I think it is uh, Jerry Judy this week, but we'll see to what extent it's Jerry Judy and what that means going forward for both of these teams. So Evan, you want to know if it's the return of the cam return of the cam. You yeah, like that? All, the cam, all the cam stands out there really counting on him. So I want to see if he's, he's back to form, but a, 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 a new wrinkle has emerged. Uh, the Patriots usual starting center was already on IR after having a hand surgery uh, or thumb surgery. Uh, their, their current starting center has just been put on the COVID list. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> An hour ago. So that's a, that's an interesting wrinkle there. So I'm eager to see. He, he filled in pretty admirably, at least in terms of fantasy, for, for his, his, his guy. But there's only so many, so many centers you can, you can go through before you start having mechanics issues. So that's what I'm checking out uh, now. Oh, boy, how that center, how that center works is going to be a problem. So, yeah, um, the 49ers, uh, I've seen the offensive line fall apart firsthand. And that is um, it's a it's a big problem. It will be a big problem for Cam Newton this week, I do believe. All right. So Washington and the Giants, the second matchup of teams that combined for one win uh they're combined one and nine washington is one and four uh this is a 43 point over under so it is the worst game of the week i don't know why i had to look that up i could have told you that uh kyle allen versus daniel jones was the lowest over under of the week without double checking giants somehow somehow two and a half point favorites that i don't understand um, injuries in this one. Dwayne Haskins had an illness, not a COVID. He returned to practice on Friday. Antonio Gibson, you may have seen him pop up on the injury report with a toe this week. And that that raised my flags a little bit because a toe problem is what's causing Zach Moss so much trouble. But he did practice in full this week. So hopefully should be good to go this weekend. Kyle Allen will be starting again this weekend by all reports. Uh, he injured his arm and that's why Alex Smith came in. But he looks like he will be back under center this week, which is good because Alex Smith, good story, not a good quarterback right now. I think he's a little shaken up. I think it's a lot of mental stuff going on with his leg. Um, for the Giants, Darius Slayton is a true questionable with a foot injury. And Sterling Shepard is likely going to come back in week seven. He is on IR with a toe problem. So in this one, 
Let's see who went first last time. I'm trying to go back and forth so you guys can be fair. So Mike, you went first last time. So Evan. Yeah. I'm in charge. I say I I don't need your I don't need your I don't need it from the peanut gallery. Okay. But but peanut but peanut gallery. I wrote two Let's, questions. That's how excited I am for this amazing game. Yeah, why would um, you do this? You want you so let me let, let's be clear. You want to watch both quarterbacks? That's your plan. Yeah. Well, Daniel Jones, I don't have to watch. I I, I took a look at him last year, but Kyle Allen, I did not take a look at much. Uh, as as you know, but as I mentioned earlier, my my thing this week is I'm really stepping up my evaluation of these mid tier, potential mid tier quarterbacks to see if they are good. And so I'll be watching Allen. And also, if Slayton plays, his coach said he's probably going to play, but you're right, he's a true questionable. If Slayton plays, I want to know if he's the the guy Daniel Jones is looking for because he's had he's had the targets every week, but Daniel Jones' accuracy is what his fan, Slayton's fantasy value is tied to. When Daniel Jones hits Slayton more than 50% of the time, he goes for over 100 yards. When he doesn't, he goes for 33 yards, 48 yards, 53 yards. So I want to I want to get to the bottom of that, even though I kind of suspect the answer is Daniel Jones makes everybody an iffy fantasy start. All right. Yeah. And um, I'm just not trusting this, this Giants passing game. Uh, at all, if I can help it. I know Slayton had the big game last week, but we'll see how that goes this week. So, Mike, you wanted to know about Daniel Jones. You guys love talk. I was going to say you guys love talking about the Giants, but who are you gonna, you're going to talk about on Washington? Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and that's it? <laughs> yeah, there's not much there. Uh, you know, uh, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, that's a, probably about it. Terry McLaurin. Um but uh, and they, and they have a tough defense, so I don't you know Terry McLaurin you're probably going to start, but don't expect much out of him. Uh, but my question, um, Daniel Jones. So you know Daniel, um, this is between me and you, bud. Okay, so if I'll I'll, I'll stop listening. You, yeah, you go ahead and stop listening because because yeah. you know th- this is a private conversation between me and DJ here, and you know Daniel, if you're going to do something this 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 season. This is the week to do it. You're facing the 27th worst team against quarterbacks. They have given up three touchdowns in three of their five games. And now they've done it two weeks in a row. They've even given up two scores to that dude for Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. You should finish in the top 12. But you know, you won't. So forget about Daniel Jones. Drop him. He ain't, he's not worth anything, especially if your league counts against fumbles. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done waiting for you, Daniel. Done waiting for you. So in preparation for my talking about Darius Slayton, I just typed him into Yahoo's fantasy database. And it says, Daniel Slayton is blah, 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 but will face a surprisingly decent Washington pass defense. And I'm like, okay, whoever wrote that is not watching the tape. <laughs> They're not good. It might just be... You know, a harried intern just looking at uh, fantasy points per game and the algorithm and just kind of just yards per per game. Yeah, something like that. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So uh, Giants and Washington, a game that I'm really hoping is the game pass game of the week, which is my my award that I give to the game that is shortest on game pass. Mike, last week, the Colts got it. Thirty two minutes on game pass. Yeah. In and out, baby. In and out. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's move on to uh, the Battle of the Birds, Baltimore 4-1. and one. 
Eagles are one, three, and one, 47 point over under. Baltimore, seven and a half point favorites. Got no injury notes for the Baltimore Ravens, which is good if you're a Ravens person. For the Eagles, guys, not nearly as good. Uh, DJX, Alshon, and Lane Johnson with a hammy foot and ankle are all out, respectively. And, and guys, just came across the wire. It's trying not to ruin your day, but. Matt Pryor, backup offensive lineman, backup right guard for the Eagles. They just put him on the COVID list. So this is another game that might be causing some troubles because earlier this week they announced that the new protocol is everybody has to isolate for five days who does any sort of contact tracing. uh, You know, it sets off any sort of contact tracing. So technically, every offensive lineman on the Eagles has been within five feet of matt Pryor at some point this week so technically they should all be isolated they won't because the nfl protocols are a joke because there's no safe way to do covid protocols and play football um but yeah that's another that's another blow i looked it up he is the backup like he's the swing guard so thank god that he's not another starting guy because poor carson wentz might he might fake covid just so he doesn't get murdered um by by opposing defenders he's gonna start making out with that guy there you go uh actually yeah in your mind Uh, so in this one mike will miles sanders have a top 24 finish against a strong baltimore defense i i uh editorialized there well not not if they all have covid yeah that's true um but yeah i it's gonna be really hard against the baltimore defense uh They've they have given up um, 137 against the Browns. That was the most they give they given up. Um, I don't know what happened there. They uh, Hunt and Chubb just took them took them apart. But after that, uh, they really have have just shut down everybody. The most the second most is 81, and then they have like a 47 yarder and a 53 yard. I mean they they just shut down the run everywhere they go. Uh, Perhaps Sanders can break one as he did against Pittsburgh, but to, for him to finish in the top 24, he's going to probably need a goal line plunge uh, and catch some passes. So, uh, yeah, I don't see Sanders finishing in the top 24 this week. Yeah, it's it's going to be a rough go for Miles Sanders. He luckily broke off the long touchdown against the Steelers last week, or else it would have been a little bit of a mess for him there in Pittsburgh. And he gets, like you said, another great run defense this week. So, um, Evan, will Baltimore kick them so far into the air that they will literally fly Eagles fly? Fly, and fly, by the, fly Eagles fly. And, and by that, I'm wondering if you mean you're, uh, they're going to hit Carson went so hard he just launches into the stratosphere. Yes, yeah, something's going to be happening. You're going to have one of those Derrick Henry stiff arm, those Derrick Henry situation there. Oof. Uh, but for fantasy, I'm probably going to watch Marquise Brown to see if his uh, targets continue to trend upwards after a slow couple of games, uh, the second and third game. But, yeah, Baltimore does this thing where they beat up on bad teams. They scored 31 against Washington. They scored 27 against Cincinnati, but they only gave up three. Uh, I've been sitting on them in our Survivor, in our Discord Survivor League, and this is the this is the week that I'm trotting them out as my pick to beat Philadelphia. I think... This one should be a bath. Yeah, this one is going to be the lovely a, bubble kind where I read the CBA. This is going to be a blowout, <laughs> and I think we see Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter of this game might be Jalen Hurts versus RG3. Ooh, I'd like that. 
that would be an interesting an interesting thing because I I think this is going to be like a the, like a thirty seven to thirteen affair sort of thing. It's going to be a blowout, and I think we see both backup quarterbacks in the fourth quarter of this one. Um, and given the Eagles' offensive line situation, we might see the uh, Jalen Hurts before then. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Um, so next one up, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, this is actually a good game. I didn't realize Cleveland was four and one. They're going to get super smashed this week, but they're four and one. Uh, Cleveland four and one. Pittsburgh four and zero. Oh, Fifty one point over under. Pittsburgh three and a half point favorites. In this one, Deontay Johnson was ruled out this week because of his back issue. Uh, Eric Ebron had a hand issue. He missed practice, but he was back at practice, should be practicing. Juju Smith-Schuster missed Wednesday's practice with a knee issue. This has been the SOP for Juju. So if you see Juju pop up on the injury report in the middle of the week, don't worry. He's missed, I think, every Wednesday so far this year. They're just giving him a rest day. For the Browns, Jarvis Landry is questionable with hip and ribs issues. Odell Beckham had a non-COVID illness, and his availability on Sunday is up in the air. I have to think that he plays. And Baker Mayfield has a ribs issue that he took on a shot towards the end of the Browns game last week. He's questionable. He looks like he's going to play. I'm operating under the assumption that both Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield are playing this weekend. So, uh, Evan... You want to know if Austin Hooper's carved out every week usage in this offense, because I, I think I noticed the same thing that you noticed about what's going on. Yeah, he's uh, only rostered in 58% of leagues, and people need tight end help. His uh, targets have gone up from two for the first week, four the next two weeks, seven in week four to ten last week. So I'm thinking there's a narrative here where he just you know had no off- had no offseason season. Uh, to get had no preseason to get used to the offense and maybe now he's found he's found his he's carved out his role and so uh baker's trusting him more that's what i'm i'm rooting for i always like when more tight ends are available in fantasy i like it when less tight ends are available in fantasy give me nobody give me a, a pile of garbage which well, which sneak preview of the FanDuel lineups for this week. That's kind of what they gave us at tight end. Just a pile of garbage. Robert Todd, you had the second priciest tight end this week. Come on, FanDuel. Get it together. Oh. <laughs> Get it together. So, Mike, you want to know if James Conner can be a top 12 back? And this is funny given our, our off-the-mic conversation we had about James Conner last week where we both went, what? What are you talking about? What? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Are you watching the same James Conner that everybody else is? Because it doesn't appear so. Yeah. Uh, well, this guy, the guy that whoever thought that James Conner was Don Toast, whatever his problem was, uh, well, he might have some more to say after this game because, surprisingly, the Browns are pretty tough against the run. Uh, they have given up no more than 70 yards to any team. So no team has rushed for more than 70 yards against Cleveland. Hmm. But interesting enough, every team has scored at least one rushing touchdown. Uh, so James Conner should get into the end zone. Uh, I, I could see I could see him score once, maybe 60 yards rushing. That's probably not going to put him in the top 12. But maybe he'll he'll get maybe five or six receptions, and that'll help uh, secure his floor. I think it's going to be close. I just don't see him cracking the top 12. Yeah, I don't see him scoring a touchdown this week. So I don't I think that automatically puts him outside the top 12 unless he goes off, but like you like you mentioned, running backs haven't been going off against the Browns. So I think that it's a a t- going to be a tough week for James Conner and I stashed 
uh, Anthony McFarland in a league because tough matchups tend to get running backs hurt at times. So, uh, and I think that he is the backup to own there, not Benny Snell. Um, in games where they've both been getting run outside of week one, uh, Anthony McFarland has looked way better than Snell. So taking a speculative ad on McFarland and see what happens there. So, uh, next game up is Chicago and Carolina. Chicago four and one. Carolina three and two. Oh, they lost. We can lift the ban on Waleed coming onto the podcast because he wasn't allowed while he could talk about the Bears being undefeated. <laughs> so this one is a forty-five point over under, and it, Carolina are one and a half point favorites. Injury is in this one. I had nothing listed for Chicago that I saw. For the Panthers, CMC's ankle. They're looking like week eight he'll be coming back. So we got two more weeks without him. I think Carolina might be on a bye next week. Uh, Curtis Samuel with his knee is a true questionable. And they put defensive tackle K1 short on season ending IR. Uh, he's a talented guy. Probably never lived up to what we thought he might be, but he was still helping him out as best he could on a bad defense. So that's going to get even worse. And on this one, those are all my injuries. So Evan, yes. Do I start with you? Always start with me. All right. What does Teddy Bridgewater look like against a decent defense? And I panicked for a second because I forgot he was on the Panthers. I was like, wait a second. Should this be the, the Vikings? <laughs> I've been taking a deep dive into Teddy Bridgewater lately. And last week I noticed that in a not so in a matchup against Atlanta, uh, which is not nearly as good as, as the Bears, uh, he has a lot of plays that are designed passes to Robbie Anderson, where he just takes two or three steps back and fires it off right away. He doesn't go through his reads or whatever. And I'm wondering if they're going to run, based on the tape I've been seeing, I would expect them to run a lot more of that against a uh, defense that's considerably faster than Atlanta is. They're going to want to lean in those plays. So I'm going to watch for that, because if that happens, I can really start to predict what's going to happen in fantasy and what to do with uh, the other Carolina wide receivers. Uh, based on matchup. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of curious about the Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore coming downwind from uh, Robbie Anderson, soaking up all the targets. So Mike, in this one, what you want to see is you want to know if David Montgomery can be a top 12 back. You're really just worried about top 12 backs this week, huh? Yeah. I focused on that a little bit, but we'll switch to quarterbacks in a minute here. Um, the Panthers, as we all know, is is horrible against the run. In fact, they're the second worst team against the run, and there's been only one game where they have not allowed at least 100 yards and a TD, and that was against the Cardinals. And we know about the Cardinals' rushing problems, especially Kenya Drake. Uh, the Bears have been using Montgomery more in the passing game since Tariq Cohen has gone out, and I, I really do believe he has a chance to break over 100 yards. I'm pretty strong he will, uh, and a touchdown, and therefore David Montgomery should finish as a top 12 back. I think DeMont is set up for a big week this week. I agree with you, Mike, and we'll see how that plays out in our FanDuel lineups later. Huh? How's that for uh -huh. another tease? Wow, promo code football absurdity. Um, so earlier in the podcast, we were talking about Matt Ryan versus Kirk Cousins. I just want to give you guys a quick update on that poll. Um, at 27 votes, it was Matt Ryan, 52, Kirk Cousins, 48. Ooh. At 29 votes, it was Kirk Cousins, 52, Matt Ryan, 48. At 31 votes, it was Matt Ryan, 52, 
Kirk Cousins 48. And I just refreshed it at 35 votes. We're down to Nat Ryan 48, Kirk Cousins 52. Ah. So, so. <laughs> it's a close one. It's a close one. I keep watching it switch back and forth. It's a very good question. Uh, Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins this week. So we'll, we'll uh, I, I have a tab open that I keep refreshing it. So we'll see how that goes uh, as this one continues. So next game up, Detroit and Jacksonville. Detroit um, are three and a half point favorites in this one. It is a 54 and a half point over under. Uh, Adrian Peterson has a non-COVID illness. I like how they have to, anytime somebody has tummy troubles now, they have to specify that it's non-COVID illness. Um, And it looks like he's going to play. He's listed as questionable. DJ Chark is questionable with an ankle. He is trending towards not playing, uh, which is going to cause big trouble for Gardner Minshew uh, if it's going to be anything like the Miami game that we saw. And so, um, Evan, you went first last time. So, Mike, it's your turn. And so uh, here we go with Matt Stafford. And, uh, you know, I I like Matt Stafford quite a bit. In fact, he's I own him in my home league. And interesting enough, uh, Matt Stafford has not thrown a touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you could say, well, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars are in the AFC and then Stafford's in the NFC. Jacksonville is the only team that Matt Stafford has not thrown a touchdown against. So he has not thrown against Jacksonville, but he's thrown a touchdown against every other team in the NFL. I know of another team he hasn't thrown a touchdown against. Jacksonville? Other than Jacksonville. What's that? The Detroit Lions. Got him. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's I a cat battle. I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't even realize it. It's a cat battle. Cat battle. But yes, your, your point stands, Mike. That's a good, that's a good pull. Um... He, he, Stafford's averaging 25 points in his previous two games. I think he's going to stay hot against that Jaguars defense. Uh, in fact, every quarterback against Jacksonville this year has had either multiple touchdowns or 300 yards passing. Uh, and that's why they're the 26th worst uh, defense against quarterbacks in, in fantasy points. So this should, this should be a very good game for Matt Stafford. Uh, Jacksonville has allowed 650. 59 yards in the past two games. Oh my God. Yeah. Against Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. So they are just getting torched in the passing game. You own Stafford, unless you own like Aaron Rodgers or one of the top three quarterbacks, Stafford should be an automatic play this week. Yeah. um, I, my decision this week was between him and Josh Allen. And I think Josh Allen is going to be a, that's going to be a freaking light show. So um, I did have to go just keep rolling with Josh Allen, but I understand your point. There's very few quarterbacks. I'm starting over Matthew Stafford this week. So Evan, let's talk about Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So ever since I was it week two, when I recommended him against Miami and didn't work out really well for the people who listened to me, I've been doing, uh, watching a lot of tape of Gardner Minshew uh, uh, to, so I don't make that mistake again and can better predict him. And here he's playing as he's playing a Detroit defense that's uh, not good. There, there's, there's a reason why they're one and three, and it's not their offense. Uh, so I want to see. I, 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 I don't hope anyone gets injured, but I will be uh, 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 looking particularly close if Chark is not there, because like as you pointed out, that seems to be a deciding factor in 
Minshew's performance. We lost you there for a sec. Would you mind repeating that? Nothing. Uh, just the last sentence. Sure. Uh, particularly if uh, DJ Chark is out, I, I am going to be watching to see how Minshew plays because, as as Jeff, as you pointed out earlier, that seems to be a deciding factor in mm-hmm. whether or not Minshew does well. Yeah, and you said you've been watching a lot of Minshew, which means you've gone explicitly against my recommendation for everybody who has Gardner Minshew on their fantasy team. Yes. Which is do not watch Gardner Minshew. You get the same impression, right? Every play is on the knife's edge from disaster. Yes, he's a wild guy. <laughs> like he's, he, if he's trying to sell the defenses and think he doesn't know what he's doing, he's doing an amazing con there. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, every play it's a no, 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 no. Okay, that worked out. Or no, 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 no. Oh, interception. That's every play with Gardner Minshew. It's a lot of uh, um, uh, puckering. We'll just say we'll keep it PG and call it a lot of puckering of uh, particular uh, body parts. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on. To, we're buzzing right along here, boys. Next one is the Jets and Miami combined for two wins. How about that, huh? Jets have none of them. Miami is two and three. 47 and a half point over under. Miami nine and a half point favorites. And get this, 105 game. They had to rejigger the schedule so much that Jets and Miami ended up at one o'clock because otherwise they would have had exactly one one o'clock game. Um, because if you look at the home games for the 10 for the uh, 10 a.m. games. I think the furthest west you get is Minnesota. Because you've got Tennessee, Indianapolis, Minnesota, New England, Giants, Philly, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Jacksonville. So lots of 10 a.m. games. So they had to move uh, what should be a 10 a.m. game to one o'clock. And in this one, uh, Joe Flacco is starting this week for the Jets. Denzel Mim should be back soon. And Miami has no injury news. Before you guys, oh, actually, Evan, this is your question. We'll start with you. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, Frank Gore, the Lev Bell replacement. What's going on here? Yeah, earlier in the season, uh, a lot of a lot of fantasy players, myself included, were caught napping when Jacksonville released Leonard Fournette, uh, and it turned out to be because James Robinson was looking so good. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, Le'Veon Bell got released. It's not because Frank Gore is looking so good. It is it because LaMichael P. Ryan is looking good? But on the other hand, and I feel like I've shared this uh, amazingly hot insider take with the listeners, Adam Gase blows. So I'm eager to watch P. Ryan and see if he's if he's the reason why Bell was cut or just Gase doesn't know what he's doing. So my, my last sentence in my evaluation of LaMichael P. Ryan was, if he ends up in a great situation, he could have a lot of fantasy value, a la Raheem Mostert. But a bad situation would tank his value. So I don't think there's a worse situation going on right now than the Jets. So that might be trouble um, evaluating him this year. Mike, what was your take on LaMichael P. Ryan? I, I think that P. Ryan and Gore make a good combination uh, together. I, I don't see P. Ryan being someone that's going to be a bell cow back in mm-hmm. offense whatsoever. So it's more of a, a cut the problem. I mean, we, who knows what the situation is? Gay sucks, whatever. Uh, Bell had a meltdown. It was like, you know, I, I, I'm not playing anymore. Um, you either trade me or you cut me. And just put an ultimatum out there. And they said, okay, well, we can't we can't trade you, so goodbye. Um, we don't really know what was behind the scenes. But uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see P. Ryan being someone that's like a James Robinson that's a bell cow uh, 
back. I, I see it as being um, thunder and lightning kind of situation. Yeah, that's kind of what I, my take too. He's a fast guy. Uh, not so fast that he doesn't get dragged down from behind. More quick than fast. Doesn't have a lot of top end speed. Gets take down, taken down a lot. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a one-two punch. So we'll see uh, how he does in the NFL in his first real action this week um, against the Dolphins. And Mike, you want to know about how Ryan Fitzpatrick does and what's the exact opposite of his first action? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick has been—he's been around the block a little bit. And this is one of his uh, 25 revenge games that he gets all uh, every year. Yeah, because, you know, he's played for, you know, 24 teams. Um, it, you know, the Jets are the 22nd worst against quarterbacks in fantasy points allowed. And the only quarterback that has not thrown at least two touchdowns against them, against them was Phillip Rivers. Oh. So, so Fitzgerald really has a great opportunity here. He's been playing lights out uh, at least 20 fantasy points in four straight including three in a row with 28 fantasy points. And surprisingly, and I don't know if anybody would even guess this or come close to this, but right now Fitzpatrick is the quarterback nine on the season. Yeah, buddy. The Fitz magic is going strong right now. So, um, so yeah, quarterback nine right now. And um, I think he'll be top top 12 again this week i'm starting him in a couple locations uh just rocking and rolling with ryan fitzpatrick till uh till the wheels fall off as i think what you have to do yeah i mean and who knows they might not fall off he they, they haven't fallen off yet and i mean we all expect it because if they didn't it wouldn't be ryan fitzpatrick but so far so good yeah i mean there i think miami would be more than happy to let to uh have a full year to heal before they uh, have not only have a full year to heal, they have a bunch of picks to help bolster the offensive line more. I think they would be more than happy to let Ryan Fitzpatrick get knocked around this year and then have Tua come in next year as the, uh, as the uh, indisputed starter or undisputed starter um, with a stronger offensive line. That would be best. That would be best. Yeah. Um, So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the battle of the bays. So Oakland left, or the Raiders left Oakland. So there's no more battle of the Bay with San Francisco and Oakland, but green Bay and Tampa Bay are doing their best facsimile of that green Bay four. No Tampa Bay three and two, a couple of goats going at it. That's right. I'm talking about AJ Dillon, Keyshawn Vaughn, couple rookies, the matchup of the game. I'm just kidding. 54 and a half point over under green Bay, one point favorites. And what might be the last matchup between Brady and, uh, Aaron Rodgers, at least maybe until the playoffs this year. So injuries in this one. Uh, Devontae Adams is back. Equinominia St. Brown is off of IR. He's, I looked into him. He's never had six targets, but he's gotten five targets three times, and he's had at least 89 receiving yards in all three of those games. So maybe a sneaky stash in a deep league for EQSB. Uh, Josiah Degara went on IR with a with a torn ACL. Um, Robert Tanyan started to pop up after Josiah Degara started to falter and get injured. So keep an eye on there. Maybe the Tanyan will keep it rolling. Reggie Bagleton, Requiescat and Pache to another one of the Jared Aberderis, Jeff Janis, uh, uh, Jake Kumaro uh, hype trains that came out of nowhere. Reggie Bagleton, preseason warrior for the Packers, has been waived. For the Buccaneers, 
Uh, Chris Godwin off the injury report. Mike Evans off the injury report. Leonard Fournette questionable with an ankle. Scotty Miller questionable with a hip and groin. But if Godwin and Evans are off the injury report, we're not worried about Scott Miller. Lenny Fournette, I think they just let Rojo go. I think this might be Rojo's backfield until he proves otherwise if Leonard Fournette stays hurt. So, Mike, let's start with you. Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you want to know where they finish statistically. And I think you got them in the right order. So that's your prognosis. Um, Evan, what do you think? What order do you think they're going to fall in? Uh, uh, the same way you have them. Adams first, then Godwin, then Mike short targets in the end zone. Evans. Mike Evans. My Mike Evans. Evans. Uh, or my Evans. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. I think <laughs> I, I wanted to say Evans cause he gets those short touchdowns and he might get like eight of them, you know, you didn't have 16 yards total, but like eight touchdowns. So, um, but, yeah, I don't see that happening yet. I'm going to go Ad- Adams, Godwin, and Evans as well. Yeah, especially when you figure that Adams had one healthy game. He's the only really healthy, good wide receiver on the Packers. And in his one game this year, he had – or his one healthy game, he had, what, 150, 156 yards? And Tampa Bay, just one, two, three guys have had at least 90 yards against him this year. And five other guys have scored touchdowns. So – I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think Devontae Adams, this is a smash play. And I think Chris Godwin is in for a good, good game too. And I think Mike Evans doing what everybody who took Rob Gronkowski top eight thought Rob Gronkowski would do. That's exactly what Mike Evans is doing. Yeah. Cause I really thought that Gronkowski would, was going to take touchdowns away from both Godwin and Evans. And that has not been the case. In fact, is Gronkowski even scored? I mean, he might have like one, right? Uh, I think he might he have one. Two. He has two? Let me check. I know he scored. He I'm has zero. <laughs> he has zero. I have memory issues. I mean, he has scored touchdowns in his career. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, I thought you were wondering if he scored in his career. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that happening one time. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. So he's got Zippo on the year, and, and my uh, Evan, I think one must have been called back because I have a memory of Rob Gronkowski scoring too. It's the uh, it's a Mandela effect. Um, so maybe one got called back. We'll just say that. And you know what? Somebody has to go find it and to fact check us, so nobody will fact check us. So Evan, you want to know if the Buccaneers will bring Aaron Jones down to earth because they have a good run defense that they makes a makes good great good run defense. Yes, sir. Yeah. They make good uh, running backs look mortal so yeah jones is the number three running back in terms of average points per game uh yeah i'm wondering if he's matchup proof or if like you said tampa bay is going to do what they do which is stop good running backs that's going to be a a fun piece of tape to watch is is jones versus that defensive line what's funny is it's they're on almost a whole nother level like you could call aaron jones matchup proof except for this matchup it's it's so wild that they're 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 on a completely different level that even if Aaron Jones gets 45 rushing yards on 17 attempts or something, I will still call him matchup proof except for this one matchup, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah, maybe, Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike, what do you think about that? Um, uh, yeah, I, I I think I think I'd go with that as well. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. So we'll see about how Aaron Jones and his Tampa Bay run defense goes um, in this one. Not much else to add. Have you guys noticed that the injury reports have gotten cleaner and cleaner since like week two? <laughs> it's like week two. It was like, this guy's out for the year. This guy's out for the year. This guy's out for six weeks. This guy's out for the year. Now it's like, you know, hey, this guy's coming back. Hey, this guy practiced in full. And uh, it's, it's nice to have less to talk about on the injury front. And I'm just filibustering because then we have to get to the next game. Rams 4 and 1, Niners 2 and 3, Sunday night football, a game that looked much better when they put it on the schedule than it does right now. 51 and a half point over under, Rams 3 and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one, Jeff Wilson Jr. did not practice on Thursday with a calf issue. Uh, they were still the practice reports hadn't come out when we put this together. Um, he probably he, he's irrelevant this weekend, I do believe. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is practicing in full, so the ankle excuse will not be valid any longer. Um, he looks to be back on top of things. For the Rams, Jordan Fuller, who's a rookie safety, played 100% of snaps in Week 5, is on short-term IR. That's it for the Rams. Akers is back. Henderson's back. Malcolm Brown's back. Everybody's good to go for the Rams. So, Mike, you want to know if Raheem Mostert will be a top-12 finisher this week. Yeah, so Mustard has now scored at least 14 PPR points in all three games. He's played nine catches on the season, uh, almost matches the entire total from 2019 when he had 14. So as you've talked about, Jeff, they're definitely using Mustard in the passing game. Mm-hmm. But the Rams, they played well against the Giants um, and the Skins. But if you look at their running back situation, and you compare it to Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders, and Devin Singletary, that def- they got pretty much abused. So I really, I really think that Mostert, this is going to be a very good week for him. Uh, get him in uh, where you can, and uh, I, I think he scores at least one touchdown, and he finishes in the top twelve. Wow, I certainly hope so, because if he finishes in the top twelve, that means good things for the 49ers. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I think they, they should bounce back. It's going to be a tough divisional game, but th- this should be something they can control with uh, Raheem Muster. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, so, all right. And Evan, um, you want to know how Jimmy G looks, if he's still injured or what? Yeah, that's there's no, no deepness to this. Uh, that foot injury seemed to cause him to do not good things. So... Uh, he's like you say, he's practicing in full, but I gotta, I gotta look at the tape, see what, what he's doing. If he's, you know, favoring the other foot or first I gotta look up how, you know, if a quarterback has a foot injury and is affecting his game. Once I do that, then I gotta watch the tape and figure it oh, out. You watch his, him try to throw a deep ball last week and you'll see exactly what the problem was. He just couldn't plant right. And it was just, things were just dying on him. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah. You know, I watched last week, but it was mainly Miami to get a hold of Miami and what they were doing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. They I'll, were targeting I'll, Brian Allen. That's what they were doing. Yeah, that poor over, Brian Allen, man. Over and over and over and over and over. Brian Allen starts. Uh, just stack all your Rams. Just all your Rams. Go. Go get uh, Reynolds and Jefferson and just go all Rams. Just do an all Rams lineup if you can. Gerald Everett. It's all Rams. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, oh, you already talked about Raheem Mostert. 
I'm tilting because I'm thinking about how the 49ers are going to lose. Let's go to Monday afternoon football. Chiefs and Bills. This is a 2, a, 2 p.m. Pacific start. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. 57.5 point over under. Chiefs are 3.5 point favorites. Injuries in this one. Lev Bell will not be playing. So Lev Bell cannot be cleared for COVID protocol yet. He will not be playing this week. So if you slotted him into your lineup, all excited about the Chiefs. Uh, slot him back out because he's not going to be able, he's not going to be eligible to play this week. Sammy Watkins not playing, but is likely to avoid the IR. Anthony Sherman is on COVID IR. And I mentioned earlier, Kalecio Semele, he tore tendons in both his knees. Ow. He's out for the year for the bills. John Brown knee is back going in full. Zach Moss practice in full with a toe issue. I hope Zach Moss plays. Uh, he's a desperation start for me this week. And Mike, speaking of the running game, you want to know if Devin Singletary can be top 24. Yeah. Uh, so the Chiefs are 23rd worst defense against running backs allowed. They, they fought, fell off once Jacobs pretty much abused them. So now they're even in the, the doldrums of NFL teams after being sort of like the middle of the road. They're allowing 22 points per game. Uh, but they don't give up many t- touchdowns, even though Jacobs did score twice against them. Where they do falter is yards allowed. Uh, three of the five weeks, they've given up more than 143 yards. Uh, so they also give up receptions to running backs at a high rate. Devin Singletary is a good runner, makes a lot of people miss, bounces off a lot of tackles. Uh, he is also good in the passing game. But, you know, if Moss plays, I, I think Singletary will just miss out on the top 24. But if Moss is out, I I fully believe Singletary is a top 24 back, if not better. Uh, either case, I still believe Singletary is worth a flex spot at the very least. So if Moss returns, I, I would pinpoint Singletary to put him in the flex. If Moss is out, then he's an RB1, RB2 uh, for your team. Okay. Yeah. I think that, uh, Devin Singletary slot him in no matter what happens with Zach Moss, just what your expectations might be this week should change. Um, Evan, you want to know if Lev Bell is the happiest person on earth right now? And uh, I would say so. Yeah. You know, there was a small narrative being pushed that maybe, uh, Lev Bell got released because he was a locker room problem. And even if we assume that to be, even that's 100% true, uh, Lev Bell was disgruntled and causing locker room disharmony. I don't think it's an issue here because he's just going to be so happy to be in an actual functional locker room that doesn't have complete nonsense going on. That he's going to be like, yes, you all rule. I love all of you. Let's go, you know? Yeah, he went from the biggest dumpster fire to the most well-run team in the league. Yeah, so good for Lev Bell, uh, I guess. Quote-unquote good for getting himself out of a bad situation that he put himself in. And uh, just quick update on the poll. Uh, at 44 votes, can anybody guess who's winning? We got 44 votes. Uh, trick question. It's a tie. It is a tie. Evan wins. Nailed it. And now there's 45 votes. Ha ha. Now who's winning? Trick question. It's still a tie. No, you can't do that. That's mathematically impossible. Uh, I don't know. Mike, did you just vote for somebody? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Let me guess, uh, Ryan. You're wrong. It's Kirk Cousins. Ah, oh, that's what I get for All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the Monday night football game, the last game of the year, of the year, 
sure would be nice for how much work I have to put in <laughs> or that we all have to put in. But uh, last game of the week, Arizona, Dallas, Monday Night Football. Uh, this one is at 5.15, so they didn't really move it to accommodate the Monday afternoon football game. 55 point over under Arizona, two and a half point favorites um, for Arizona. Chandler Jones uh, biceps injury is out for the year. And Dak Prescott, duh, is also out for the year. So uh, if you don't know that Dak Prescott, uh, his foot detached from his leg last week and uh, he had good successful surgery and uh, he should be on a full recovery. But yeah, Dak Prescott's out for the year. So in this one, Evan, you want to know about Dak Prescott's replacement? Well, I'll probably watch the most. Uh, I might watch this twice. I need to know about Andy Dalton in terms of all that fantasy production you, between all three of those receivers, even Dalton Schultz. Got to see what that means for that, what it means for people defensive stacking the box against uh, uh, Elliott. A lot is riding on how Dalton looks. Uh, we are we are getting primetime Dalton, which is not the best Dalton, and you have to wonder with an NFC East team, how many primetime games he's going to have over the next 10 weeks, but that's what I'm going to be staring at like a hawk. All right. All right. Um, so that's that's a good thing because, yeah, that, that there's a lot of down downwind ramifications of that. So, Mike, we'll end this bout of questions with... You, you have a you question, have question for, the for the Cardinals. I do. And I have a question, same question to you two as well, both you and, and Evan. And if the question is this, if I asked you about two players, one of them has outsnapped the other 239 to 131, or roughly 22 times more per game. If that one player has less snaps, has more fantasy points. So the person with the less snaps has more fantasy points and is doing better on the field. Would you keep starting the guy or would you start looking to his backup? Oh, I saw I'm I'm going to recuse myself of this situation cuz I saw your tweets today. <laughs> uh, you, I would I would I would start whichever guy is not Drake, which I think football absurdity management we're all industry low on. And people are coming around to where we are. So whichever one's not Drake, that's the Whatever, one. Right. And Drake is the one with the, the 239 carries and 22 more times per game than Edmonds. And if we're looking at just pure fantasy points, Chase Edmonds has 58 fantasy points on the year. Drake has 52. So... Um, ow. Uh, yeah, I, I, Clingsbury, it's time. It's time. Drake, Drake is just not the guy for you. Edmonds is. So hopefully this is the week we start seeing that gap become a lot more closer. But over the last five weeks, it's been pretty much the same thing. Uh, Drake is getting quite a bit more carries than Edmonds and quite, quite a bit more of the snaps. But it's Chase Edmonds who's done clearly the better job Clingsbury put Edmonds in put him in coach he's ready to play so all right that's it for week uh week six questions uh that was a quick one we kind of buzzed through it we didn't have so many um injuries that we had to deal with and everything seemed pretty straightforward so uh shorter episode today but let's go ahead let's get into FanDuel so Mike you want to talk about the FanDuel contest from last week no I don't I, I really don't. <laughs> All right, let me rephrase that. Mike, you have to talk about the FanDuel contest from last week. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, you do. 
I'll talk uh, about it. Yeah, it go, go ahead, Evan. What, 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 what do we got here? I finished first for the first time all year, albeit by only half a point over Jeff. Hey, uh, did we check stat corrections? Please? Please, no. stat corrections? <laughs> I don't know how to do those. <laughs> I'll, I'll correct the stats. I'll give, uh, let's see, let me check the stats here. Oh, look at this. They shorted, um, oh, God, who's on my team but not your team? Nobody. Except one player, I think. They shorted uh, James Robinson three yards. Now I win. Well, good no, job. No, I don't win. That's only how, that's only, <laughs> <laughs> they shorted him seven yards. Now I win. There we go. That's Perfect. a lot of yards. Hey, you know what? It happens. Yeah. So do I just list my team first this time? Yeah. So, um, so. Let's see. So, Evan, you won last week. That brings the total points to uh, Mike still in the lead with 620.92, despite him posting the second worst or the third worst Score. week of the, yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the whole year last it, week. It's those damn stacks. Remember last week I said I don't do stacks because I always blow up in the wrong direction when I do stacks? That's what happened. I blame it on the stacks. Oh, it's Cooper. Cooper and Dak killed you. Yeah, Cooper was like the 78th wide receiver last week. Ooh, yeah, three, 3.1 points. And, uh, well, actually, I don't know if he killed you so much because uh, DJ Chark only got Evan and I 3.1 points each. So that kind of – that actually evened it all out, so, shockingly enough. Um, but, yeah, Stacks killed you. So um, through five weeks, uh, Mike has a 17-point lead on Evan, and Jeff is in a respectable third place. We won't talk about it. So, Evan, why don't you go ahead and talk about your light-up this week? Last week I did something different than usual, and I'm wondering, Mike, if you do this and it's your secret success or if it's just because I do barbecue strategy, it it just comes natural to me. Usually I'm micromanaging it and trying to you know maximize every dollar and spending all 60000 allotted dollars. But last week I just said, okay, I really like that guy for the price. Get him in. I really like that guy for the price. Get him in. And at the end, I think I was $300 short, and I was like, forget it. Forget it. So I tried doing that again this week. Uh, for starters, my quarterback is Ryan Tannehill for $7,300. Let's see if you can keep that that awesome, that I want to call it magic, but that reminds me of Fitz Magic, who I'm not starting. Uh, let's see if we can keep that going. Then Alexander Madison for 7000 I thought was a good, a good buy there. And I rounded out the RB2s who are getting the start due to injury with Kareem Hunt for another 7000 and then Calvin Ridley, 8600 That offense goes to Calvin Ridley. I don't know if they're going to want uh, Julio to get back into it that much. I don't know. Uh, and then I don't know, Claypool for $5,500. That's, Pittsburgh knows how to pick good receivers most of the time. Uh, give me Robbie Anderson for 6500 for the reason I said earlier, where I think Chicago is going to run a lot of those quick plays to, uh, to Anderson, and this is PPR. Uh, put my money where my mouth is with Austin Hooper for 5200 That Cleveland game could be high scoring. Uh, they might have to air out a lot to keep up with Pittsburgh. Uh, Adam Thielen for 7400 my flex. Why not? It's He's the number one guy, and Minnesota throws it a lot. And then I want the Ravens defense. The bloodbath in Philadelphia uh, for 4900 So from the top, Tannehill, Madison, Hunt, Ridley, Claypool, Robbie Anderson, Hooper, Thielen, and the Ravens. All right. So, Mike, why don't we go ahead? Let's go to you um, for your lineup this week. Yeah, and this is the bounce back week. No stacks. Straight on. 
winning time, back in the winning circle. We're going to start at quarterback Matt Ryan, 7,400. Running, running backs, uh, Robinson's Neighborhood, 6,500. Montgomery, 5,900. Wide receivers, Jamison Crowder, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen. Crowder is only 6,600. I'll take that every Whoa. day. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to hurt 9,000. And then Adam Thielen, only 7,400 against that defense? Are you serious? Boom, easy start. TJ Hawkinson, 5,700 against Jaguars. DJ Chark, uh, 6,600. Oh, I do have a stat. Oh, I see what I didn't. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what, how this ends up. Um, and Baltimore defense at 4,900. All right, so Baltimore is our free space of the week. We all took Baltimore um, in this one. And uh, let's see, I went with Stafford and Kenny G. So I got a uh, I got a stack. Mike, your least favorite thing. Then Evan and I, we both got Madison. I'm going King Henry, Derek Henry there. Uh, Adam Thielen and Chase Claypool are my other wide receivers. So uh, Thielen is a straight across for us as well. Uh, tight end. I feel like uh, Johnny Smith is kind of the value of the week. Johnny Smith or a tight end, 5,800 bucks. Same price as Noah Fant, who might not play, whose game might not even happen during this slate. It might get moved back. And then in my flex, I'm going David Montgomery against that defense. Uh, Mike and I both are going to feast on uh, the Carolina defense this week. So, uh, so Mike, I uh, ran over you. If you want to run back your lineup again, I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, Matt Ryan at quarterback, Robinson and Montgomery for run, running backs, wide receivers, Jamison Crowder, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, tight end, TJ Hawkinson at flex, DJ Chark, and defense, the Ravens. All right. So um, I'll run mine back as well really quick. Um, so my team is Matty Stafford. And Kenny Galladay stacked up. Then I got Alexander Madison, or as I called him, and Evan rejected, Allie Matt, which is a nickname that I came up with and is a perfect nickname. Uh, then we got Derek Henry, Chase Claypool, Adam Thielen, Johnny Smith, Dave Montgomery, and the Baltimore DST. So I guess if you learned one thing this week, it is uh, we like the Baltimore DST. And if you learned two things this week, it is that we also like Adam Thielen. So before we get going, let me go ahead and pull up this uh poll so over the last hour or so there have been 48 votes on this poll and it is kirk cousins 52 matt ryan 48 so uh, a very good very good question there uh that uh mike that was your question right yes sir all right perfect so we'll see how that ended up and it ended up being actually the poll a lot closer than i thought it would be i thought it would be a kirk Cousins smash but uh with uh, julio jones coming back we'll see how that goes so I think that'll do it, unless you guys have anything you want to add. Good luck this week. Good luck. And Evan, do you have anything to add? I'm still thinking about uh, those two guys kissing to spread COVID. So no. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. And uh, don't have any COVID coughing parties. Yeah. Um, bye. Bye. I'll be mad. <laughs>